Welcome to Season 5, Episode 1 of Grace or Grit. This is a podcast intended to address difficult, controversial, and debatable issues related to the Bible and the church. I'm your host, Dave Talley. I serve as pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Herlock, Maryland. And joining me for the podcast for the first time this year from the continent of Africa, <laughs> in the Gambia, my co-host, Patrick Reed. Patrick, how you been? Happy New Year. I'm doing good. How about you? Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year. I work on my vocabulary, apparently, in the New Year. Uh, yeah, to you, we're doing great. Uh, for our listeners' sake, I'll let you know that um, Patrick and I really haven't spoken since our last podcast we've sent a few text messages back and forth but whatever we say to each other is brand new to the listeners and brand new to us so uh anyway that's right <laughs> yeah it's good to see your face and uh hear your voice again so looking forward to another year of podcasting i was uh yeah i am as well i was watching spotify who apparently somehow got hold of anchor which is our podcasting platform uh i don't know if they bought it or what but anyway they sent me a wrap for 2023 and kind of the statistics which episode did the best um how many listeners we've got and so one of the interesting things patrick was it told where we are in people's podcast favorites so we're in the top 10 of 43 different podcast listeners. Uh, and we're in the, we're in the top uh, five of like half of that. And then for 17 listeners, we're the number, their number one podcast. So. Wow. Pretty... We have some we have 17 hardcore fans. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Of course, last year we only made 11 episodes, which is steeply off from our, first year where we were pretty much making them every week um mm. so that certainly has contributed something to our listenership or detracted from it but you know this was really originally originally this was a covid idea you remember that yeah we were sitting around wondering um what in the world we're gonna do with our time <laughs> yep yep and god has used it through the process uh keeping us connected with you getting to the mission field and then us keeping track of you. And he's brought one family specifically to our church, uh, in part through the podcast. So, uh, God has used it. And, uh, I know we've got a couple of folks who've been, been touched spiritually along the way. I know Danny Smith has spoken to me about that. And, uh, another Mr. Smith, actually, uh, Caleb has talked to me about that as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that it'll, continually be used i was talking to tanya about it this morning even if no one listened uh, i i need this just so i can stay connected with you i think that's pretty obvious in the fact that we didn't hardly talk for two two months uh since our last podcast so i need this discipline to keep me point pointed in your direction yeah yeah so how have things been going over there in the past couple months uh, I, I think Right around, let's see, I don't know, Halloween may have been the last time we really talked. So we've been through several holidays and into a new year. 
Yeah, things have been going well out here. We've had uh, we had some visitors just leave us not too long ago from Norway. Got the, they were out here for a couple of months, so we got to spend a lot of time with uh, their family. Um, we had Thanksgiving with them, and uh, then Christmas was good. Our New Year's was good. Just um, getting ready to start some new ministries this year, so we're excited about that. But overall, I think things have been uh, going well. We haven't had anything too dramatic happen lately so things have been pretty smooth so well you know patrick as i I think about some of the great characters in the bible there's some of them who had seemed like just uh you know constant uh mountaintop experiences one right after another Uh, elisha is one of those examples but you know for the most part people who have served the lord there's a few intense mountaintop experiences but a whole lot of days of just putting one foot in front of the other and plotting and doing what's right today and letting god bring in you know the fruit as he sees fit so appreciate your faithfulness well things are cruising right along pretty well here Uh, we had a whole house full of people for the holidays we had three kids in and my sister-in-law and uh so it was uh, party every day for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had people sleeping on couches and on air mattresses and a refrigerator jam packed the food. And, uh, so we, we had a good, <laughs> good holiday season, but, uh, everybody's headed out. We're, we're back in the house by ourselves right now. And, uh, Eli's got a few more nights to spend here and then he'll be back at college. So everything's going pretty well for our family. Um, here at the church, uh, we've had a lot of things change in the past year, some to the negative, some to the positive, but I'm pretty excited about, uh, where we are and what God's got for us in 2024. We're trying to go through the whole Bible this year at grace, uh, with a few sections accepted. Uh, I preached through the Pentateuch last year, and I preached through the Gospels last year, and there was a couple other books that I hit uh, real strong and, and covered. So I'm skipping those, but with the exception of those 10 or 15 books, we're going to try to do the whole Bible this year. So like this month, we're doing Joshua, Judges, First and Second Samuel. And I've looked not only for groups of books that fit together, but also themes in those books. So this month we're going to talk about leadership. So I think it's pretty, pretty easy to look at Joshua, the judges, um, Samuel, David, and learn some lessons on leadership from that. And so I'm hoping that on the podcast this year, we can kind of dig into some of those things as well. Maybe if I've got something that I'm super excited about, I'll be more uh, eager to get these episodes recorded on a regular basis instead of once a month like we did last year so a little little motivation on the tally side of things yeah yeah so we've been um been continuing classes Uh, i did wrap up our systematic theology class 
um, just a couple weeks ago, right before the, uh, right before Christmas, we got that finished and, um, <clears throat> that was good. Uh, not, not as big of a class as last time, but very spirited discussions in that group. Uh, so we, uh, we enjoyed that. Um, still teaching a methods of Bible study class. That's going to continue for maybe another four weeks, another month into this year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more of those classes the way we've done them right now. Uh, it's possible that on, on uh, Omega, the church here has a Wednesday night midweek service and the pastor has talked about maybe we'll do some of it during that time. We're trying to combine some things in the church because there's too many acts going on every single day of the week and um, people are know kind of all over the place and too busy so we're trying to figure out how we can combine some of those things and um, we just uh, launched small groups recently finished the first term of uh, the small groups Uh, myself and another gentleman are overseeing the small groups and so we just had a meeting the other day to kind of look at how things went and how you know what we can do going forward so we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, not everything went as well as we had hoped, but, you know, that's how it is when you start something brand new. So we're hoping uh, going into this year, we're going to have another meeting with all the leaders and hosts and, um, you know, see how we can improve upon it. And um, also one of the things we're adding in, this comes from uh, something I learned from Brian Moss, who's coming out here actually in a few weeks. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. Uh, him and uh, Gary will be here soon. Um, we're actually putting a schedule together for them. Uh, they're going to meet with, I think, the Pastors Alliance out here and um, meet with another group and, uh, you know, just kind of see the ministries that are going on here in the Gambia as well. So we're excited to have them out. But uh, this year we're going to we're going to have some preaching about small groups to try to get more people involved. So we'll dedicate some Sundays where either myself or um, um, the other gentleman who's uh, helping to lead the small groups will preach. Uh, we can uh, start to teach why the importance of small groups and uh, why everybody wants to be involved in them. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. And then, um, most recently, um, the senior pastor of the church asked, M- Michelle has actually been involved with the youth group quite a bit. You know, she likes likes to be involved with the youth. But when I say youth, it's not, you know, it's not like just teenagers. The, the youth here is considered really up until married. So, you know, you have people in their 20s, um, early 20s, even mid 20s that are in the youth group. So you have a youth group, it's consists of about uh, 25 people or so. And they've kind of been, they've kind of been struggling a bit. Um, And so Pastor Saeed asked if I would be willing to get involved, um, kind of provide some leadership there and get them moving in the right direction. So I committed this year uh, that I would spend a year trying to help them refocus, kind of get a strategic plan together for the year and um, start trying to get them to 
uh, move in a direction of getting involved in the community, getting involved in outreach. Um, I think this is a group of young people that, you know, they, they could be the future of seeing more churches planted here in the Gambia. So I think it's a good group to be working with and, uh, hoping by the end of the year, there'll be someone within that group that can, you know, really take hold and do what I've been doing, what, what I did for the past year, this year, coming year. So we're going to see how that goes. Definitely be in prayer about that. And, um, you know, what God will do with that group of young people. So. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's awesome. Sounds like you got your hands full. Yeah, I think it's going to be a busy year. You know, we, um, now that the weather is nice, so I go out, um, it's, uh, I like one, I just want to get the exercise, but two, it's always nice to go out. You meet people when you're out there, talk to the neighbors, talk to everybody who's out and about, um, you know, so I don't really do it much in the rainy season. It's just too unpleasant, but <laughs> about eight months out of the year, um, you know, it was actually something that <clears throat> I had done a little bit. I wasn't doing it very often. And when the Smiths visited last year here, uh, Danny went out and was walking every morning. And so he got me walking and really since then, except for the rainy season, when I took a break, I've, uh, I've continued to do it. So it's good. That's awesome. I tried to start running again recently and it's been a month or so ago now. And, uh, it might've even been back when we did our last podcast, but, um, uh, I did, I did fine when I ran a mile, I did fine when I ran two miles and then I ran four miles and I couldn't hardly walk. My knee was when I got up to four miles, I, I, uh, <laughs> I had to quit my, uh, I mean, I, I ran the four miles, but I couldn't hardly walk the next day. My knee was hurting <laughs> so bad. So, now I've reacted to that in the other extreme. And so I ought to just settle for something in the middle and either run a, a mile only or uh, do some walking only. Uh, so I know that'd be good for me. Yeah, I started lifting weights almost every morning. So I'm actually cool. probably in the best shape I've been in and most of my life, maybe since I was in high school. But cool. things... uh. I don't know. seems to be easier to stay in shape out here in Africa than it was in America. Yeah. It's, it's pretty common knowledge these days. I know that, but sometimes I forget that one of the, the key catalysts to mental and emotional stability and health is uh, activity. You got to be moving and, and healthy in your body, it seems in order to do well in other areas. So I need to not neglect that in 2024. I have been eating better, uh, through a bunch of the sweets in the trash and, <laughs> uh, nobody, Tanya doesn't eat them hardly at all. So I kept a few that I know she likes that she might dabble in, but, uh, the rest of them, I just chunked in the trash and trying to behave. I did not behave in the Christmas season. That was for sure actually have to eat more things like that just to keep myself from losing weight out here because the you know what we eat there's no processed foods everything has to be cooked from scratch for the most part so you're just not getting any of those extra calories that you you tend to and you know that we did in america so it's i have to force myself to eat more just so that i can actually build some muscle instead of keep losing weight you know <laughs> mm. 
I would say nice problem to have, but uh, neither problem's good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Michelle has been working with, um, she's been working with the neighbors. Um, actually, the one here who lives is two houses down that she's named after. And the missionaries that were here before us have been working with her for a long time. Uh, she has not accepted uh, or put her faith in Christ yet, but she has shown a lot of interest. You know, when you ask her, why don't you believe in Christ at this point? It's just, uh, well, because my husband wouldn't be okay with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, oh, I do believe it, but I can't be a Christian because my husband's Muslim. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think she she knows it's the truth, but she's not willing to accept, you know, fully surrender to it. Yeah. So, and uh, there's a lot of children there at the compound. Michelle, them, she's been um, teaching, tutoring math uh, in the afternoons with them, and then she'll give them a Bible story. And they actually went to the the youth group a few times now, and they keep asking when it's going to be and want to come back. So. Uh, we're starting to see some some things happening there that God is doing. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Wish I had you here to teach uh, Bible doctrines and uh, how to study the Bible to us. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> and as Jason gets ready, that's one of the things we got going on this year. Jason, our youth pastor, is hoping to... Um, start a church over in Fredericksburg, Marshy Hope Church. His launch date tentatively is Mother's Day. And uh, so he's going to try to do pull, you know, double duties and still do the Friday night youth group here for the time being. But, you know, especially if God really blesses over there and it takes off, I wouldn't expect him to be able to continue indefinitely with that. So we'll be uh, looking for somebody to to take over in that spot. And I know God's got a, got a person for it, but I just don't see who it is yet. So. Well, it's always a good problem to have when you're sending people out to plant churches and you just need to find someone to replace them. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So if, uh, if our listeners could be praying about that, that'd be great. Uh, you mentioned something a while ago that I wanted to ask you about. I know we're just kind of doing a catch-up episode, but uh, you mentioned that your church kind of has uh, too many things going on, too many different things, and they need to consolidate there at Omega Church. And of course, we've had that problem at Grace, and uh, we're kind of forced right now to make some adjustments and cancel some things and consolidate some things and reevaluate what we're doing, what's working, what's not, and why we're doing what we're doing. Why do you think it is that churches end up with schedules so jammed like that? Because it's a common problem, at least in the churches I've been a part of. Well, I think it's oftentimes you have people that, well, take, for example, last year, you know, I came in fairly new to the church, added, you know, two things during the week, during part of the year, you know, on two days, they weren't previously doing anything. Um, so I think sometimes you have new people come, they want to get new ministries started and you get a, you get an overlap sometimes, you know, as change starts to take place to find out, you know, should we go in this direction? Should we go in that direction? Um, 
So I think that's an aspect of it. I think it's a good thing. People want to be zealous for God, but sometimes they can try to pack so many things in. I, I've just seen some of the people, you know, they're trying to make everything that's going on in the church all the time. And then, of course, they have work and they have all the other things that they have to do in their lives. Yep. And they're just so tired all the time. And I, I don't think that's what God wants for our lives either. You know, uh, we need to have time for rest. Uh, we need to have time to you know, spend time with him alone. So I think churches just have to be careful because there's a lot of people in a church that, at least here, will feel the need to be at everything that happens that the church is doing, you know. And if the church is doing something every single day of the week, then, you know, that could be a challenge for people. So I don't know what the answer is. Uh, to me, if I run in the church, I don't have a problem with something running every day of the week. If there are people that are willing to do it, um, I would just tell people, don't feel like you have to be at everything every day of the week and don't, don't pack your schedule. It's just, these things are available to you. Come if it's something you want to be involved in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I agree. That was kind of the, the answer in my mind, each new person with their gifting, and with their burden, uh, you end up, you know, with a, with a new ministry, potentially with each new family. And so over time, it's just that accumulation that happens. And if you don't have a process to evaluate and consolidate and slash things, then then certainly it can get out of hand. Um, and I think we as humans, often we choose the easy things. And so we can have lots of easy things instead of dealing with the one hard thing that maybe we don't want to deal with. We soothe our conscience with things that are convenient and are familiar, um, things like that. It's easy to get into that. You know, I, I could do a Bible study every night of the week and be happy, but there's other aspects of my Christian life that would definitely be uh, suffering greatly. So, um yeah, some, something we we need a filter. You know, the the purpose and mission of the church is supposed to be our filter that we evaluate things through. And I know here we've got a ministry that looked like it was really thriving the past few years, but um, the guy who's been running it basically stepped back and said, "Is this doing anything towards what God's called us to do and what our assignment is?" And his conclusion was basically, "No, we're we got a lot of motion and commotion." Um, but we're not making disciples. We're not reaching new people. Um, you know, it's not contributing to what the church is called to do. So it's, it's a tough thing to deal with, but I think we have to, if we're going to be a healthy, uh, you know, healthy ministry. So I know Brian Moss yeah. told us years ago, most churches need to take their calendar and cut half of it out. If they're going to be good at what <laughs> God's called them to do. Yeah, that is a, a danger when you have too many things going on. Um, you cannot do any of them well. Right. You know? So if you have that many options, then the volunteers can get very spread out. Um, whereas if there were fewer options, people would, you'd hope, would get involved in the things that are going on um, and in those ministries. But yeah. I don't know. I've never done a great study on it to find out whether people actually get involved in serving it or whether they just won't do it at all if it's not something they want to do. I don't know, but maybe somebody has studied that. <laughs> yeah. I've been telling our folks for years, uh, 
at least three or four years, you certainly need an area to serve in and you need some way to, to be in fellowship with some believers and you need to be taught the word. So that's, you know, three touch points a week would be a good goal. If you do more than that, because you just want to, that's fine. But uh, some people feel guilty if, like you said, if they're not at everything and then they wear themselves out and there's the other extreme. Some people show up once a month and think they've done everything God's called them to do more. So there's that problem too. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, on another note, um, always surprised at how God prepares you for certain things that you just don't expect. I, I never would have thought coming out to Africa that I would be working on sound systems out here. And so we're, we're having issues with the sound system at Omega. So I'm actually bringing in, believe it or not, the same mixer that I set up in Grace Baptist Church, um, a little a compact version of it, but basically identical. Um, so we're going to get that set up and get people trained on it, uh, try to start improving the, the sound there in the church. And the pastors, then he's talking to me about, you know, wouldn't it be great if our Facebook live stream had, you know, the music coming in and, and all the mics coming in from the mixer instead of just using a cell phone that we're using. Um, and I said, you know, I think I, I have an idea of how to do that, but it is a bit expensive. So we have to work through the budget on it, but, but yeah, I have a little experience with that. So it's just, that's, it's always amazing. That's incredible. And, and for our listeners who maybe don't know what he's talking about, when Patrick came on as our, intern uh here at grace when he was uh training to be a missionary or preparing to be uh, a, a foreign missionary uh yeah he he not only did our sound but uh designed and set up uh our online system so yeah he's got some experience there for sure pretty awesome that god was getting you ready for uh you not only helped us but he got you ready for that yeah pretty cool well I'm glad I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we got a guy now that enjoys it. So when you left, I was like, oh, well, I guess this is just going to have to sit here till it rots. <laughs> I don't know how to do all this. <clears throat> but um, God's given us a, another man who's about as passionate as you are about it. So it uh, continues to develop. Yep. Yep. So um, I wanted to talk to you also, you mentioned that you've done um, how to study the Bible course. And mm -hmm. um, I want to be careful how I say this. I've gotten some advice lately. We'll say it that way on my preaching, uh, helpful, constructive criticism. And so, uh, and I've told a few people, especially the ones in leadership here, Sometimes we make changes over time, slow changes, incremental changes, and we don't realize we're making them. And I, I think that certainly has happened to me over the years. Um, but in evaluating kind of where I've been and, and where I am now, you know, I used to do a lot of um, exegetical or expository preaching uh, where I would simply take a chapter, study the chapter, preach through it verse by verse. Uh, teach through it right. verse by verse. I did a lot of that for, for a lot of years. Um, and then uh, last year, for the first time, I tried to study these books as a whole and present, 
you know, the whole book of Genesis, the big picture, not just the, hey, here's the characters, here's the timeline, here are the main events, here's the main point. But um, just to really see the big picture of what God was trying to say in that day through that entire book uh, and and also narrow it down. I've, you have to for one sermon because I was doing it in one sermon to narrow it down to kind of the central passage and the central point uh, of the book. And I'm, I'm going to be doing that, you know, this entire year. Um, I was advised about that years ago from my brother. He said, Robert, he said, if, and I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, he said, you ought to try at times to read the books of the Bible one at a time uh, in one setting. So not just chapter by chapter, but sit down and read the whole book of Exodus at once. And he said, it'll give you a brand new perspective. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I'm aiming at this year. And as I do, it's like I said earlier, I'm seeing even groups of books that fit together so I will say conveniently. Uh, I know there's, it's, it's not convenience. I mean, I guess it's convenient, but uh, God has, you know, these purposes and designs, which are, um, you know, cosmic in scale. They're, they're so massive, but especially as I, as I consider the fact that I've got some people in the church who have been in the church for 40 years, you know, and I've got some people who have been in for less than a year or maybe just two or three years. Uh, that's quite a challenge of trying to figure out exactly what the balance is there, you know, how I need to study in order to present the truth, in order to inspire them to study. So maybe I need to take your class on how to study the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things we focus on is, you know, how to find the timeless principles in the passage that you're studying, you know, and the timeless principles, whether that's uh, someone who's been there for 40 years or someone who's been there for a year, is, is the same for both, you know. Um, the principle that, you know, whatever it is you're studying teaches, um, and then how does that apply to each person? Um, and each person, it might apply a little different. Obviously, it's our job when we teach it to try to give some examples how it might apply to them and then to encourage them to apply it in their lives. So whether they've been there 40 years, I'm guessing that they're not applying that principle 100% of the time because most of us are not that far in our process of sanctification. At least I'm not. Maybe yeah. maybe some of the people there are. But, um, you know, so many times it's not hard to understand. You know, I, I don't think. I think we can explain things in a way that sometimes some theological principles seem complicated, but when we break it down into how this applies to us, it's really not so complicated. Um, and what, cause when we find that timeless principle and then we, you know, convey that truth of how that should change what we are doing, uh, every day. then I think that's something that should resonate with everyone. Yeah. That's a good point. And I also think it's important that I, I see a distinct difference between preaching and teaching. Um, I know that teachings involved in preaching for sure, but hopefully people are not coming just to learn something new, you know, um, and should not be just teaching you a new thing. So you put something in your head and go, Oh, well, I know this now. Great. But what are you doing about it? You know, now that you know it. So if you come there and you just, 
you know, gain a bunch of head knowledge and then you walk out of there and it doesn't change anything in your life, then it was a waste of time for everybody involved. Um, so if sermons aren't changing people's lives, uh, either the sermon needs to change or the people need to change or both. <laughs> right. I don't know where the issue might be, but if people are just putting their head and you've got people say they've been there for 40 years and they know, you know, everything that you could possibly say to them, but then you exa- they examine their lives and they're not in 90% of things that they know. Well, that, that's a real big one. Yeah. Bill Rice said uh, that biblical preaching comes from a place of authority. It teaches the, the listener something and it calls them to action. And that's the thing that right. kind of been, has been brought to me, uh, to my attention, is that there's not as much application or call to action as there used to be um in my in my preaching so something i've got to uh consider seriously and i knew that i had some struggles with you know i do action steps at the each end of each message and i think you and i used mm-hmm. to talk about this some um uh, that my my action te- action steps tend to be uh more general and uh, more principles than practices and, you know, general attitudes and so forth, rather than here is a specific thing to do today, a very specific action that falls within that realm. So there's <clears throat> some adjustments that I can make there. We can all improve. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's uh, something I've, I've seen here in, Africa. I'm hoping that when Brian and Brian Moss and Gary, Pastor Gary come out here that once they, if they form a partnership, that's something that they may be able to help them with to be able to see how to improve the preaching and move it more towards uh, an action-based preaching. Um, right. I've, I've found the preaching in Africa to some degree, they preach in circles. I don't know if it's it's part of the culture that I'm not used to. I'm not sure what it is, but it always goes in a big circle. Um, and they like their their stories and their illustrations, which are fine, but many times the the action is is left out, you know. Yeah. So, so um, I think that's an important aspect to to make change in the people for people to see change in their lives. Um, Pastors have to be able to help point them in the direction that the sheep should be going. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. There's always got to be a balance. And for those who don't preach, maybe haven't considered this, I'm I'm sure Patrick, you have, but you know, when I stand up in the pulpit, there are so many options. I mean, (laughs) ideally there's only one option (laughs) to follow the Holy spirit, but, (laughs) uh, Functionally, there's so many options and I can stand up there and celebrate basically in front of everybody. I can celebrate the greatness of God. And that's awesome. If I, if I only ever do that, my people are not going to be spiritually strong. If that's all I do is celebrate and their churches, that's all they do. If I stand up there and analyze, and that's all I do is just analyze and analyze and analyze. uh, Some people will not think of anything you know, think anything about it as negative, but if that's all I do, then I'm going to have spiritually weak, fat Christians, uh, but you know, weak. 
So application, training, calling people uh, to accountability, you know, that's part of the pulpit ministry too. And because I don't like confrontation, I have a natural tendency to avoid that aspect of ministry. So. Well, yeah. And I think you're right. There's definitely a balance because, you know, you can, I've seen, listen to many people, in my opinion, way too far in the other direction where they, they spend their whole time basically telling you how you're doing it right. And this is what you should be doing. Mm. Uh, One, there's a way to say it that can encourage people to do it, not just make them feel bad about themselves all the time. Because Mm -hmm. I know some preachers, they just want to bash people over that week after week. And, you know, that might work in the short term, but in the long term, they just feel bad about themselves. And, you know, they, they usually don't make a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you have to be able to encourage people and you, we need to do it with what the Bible says and not, you know, constantly focusing on the negative. I mean, there are times when those things have to be addressed, but I don't think we have to spend our whole time, you know, dealing with every little issue um, and pointing out every little problem or flaw that everybody has uh, that we see uh, and trying to deal with that rather than getting people to focus on the things they should be focusing on. You know, let's focus on God. Let's focus on um, in the work that he has for us. Let's focus on um, the gospel and what Christ did for us and that we should be willing to serve him because of what he did for us. Then a lot of those other things will, you know, fall into place. Um, Hmm. But if we spend all of our time preaching every little sin, well, don't do this one. Yep. And don't do that one. And don't do this one. Yeah. We need to teach people. Otherwise they won't know, but I don't think you have to spend every week doing that. And, you know, uh, I I've just seen that recently uh, with Hmm. some preachers and I'm very turned off by that type of constant preaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think to some extent that kind of preaching uh, is as Dr. T Reynolds Hall used to say to me is an attempt to be a Holy spirit junior and God doesn't need (laughs) another Holy spirit, you know? So we, we teach the truth and let the Holy spirit apply it. Certainly we can't micromanage well anyway, you know, none of us are capable. We're not there. We're not smart enough (laughs) anyway, uh, not winsome enough either to micromanage people's spiritual lives. So, yeah. Now, one of the things I ran into this week in my study of the book of Joshua was how different people approach the Bible differently. And I'm sure you deal with this in your, um, how to study the Bible class, um, to some extent anyway, you've got, those who have a liberal perspective that really don't respect the authority of the scriptures. And so they're, they're either constantly picking it apart and showing what's wrong with it, or they just manipulate it like elastic to, you know, this is what this means to me and Mm -hmm. has no bearing really on the truth of what God actually said and what he intended. Uh, So some people approach the Bible that way and that can even happen. I mean, right. And, Grace Baptist Church. So sure. that's something they got to guard against. Yeah. In fact, one of my classes, that's one of the examples we give is, you know, sitting in a Bible study and they go, well, what does this passage mean to you? And I said, yeah. don't ever say those, that phrase ever. Just yeah. take it out of your vocabulary because it doesn't matter what it means to you. It matters. Yeah. What does it actually mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> Period. That's it. Not what does it mean to you? <laughs> yeah. Your opinion is not relevant in this matter. So. Yep. Yeah. I, and it may be that sometimes people have gone in that direction uh, with integrity and honestly, because, you know, for example, with both of us, when, when you were reading where God said to Moses, who made your mouth now go, right. You remember mm -hmm. that when he was calling you to preach and that was a passage right. God used for yeah. me too. Um, so yeah, God was speaking to me in a very specific way using that passage to right heighten my awareness to something, but the truth of what the passage was saying was absolute. It just happened to apply specifically in the calling that was going on in my life and in yours as well. And that's, so that's, that's a true, um, uh, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, tolerable or legal way to look at the scriptures. But when you take that as your only approach, then you end up in some, really strange places. Um, and then there's, there's, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, then you can teach whatever you want. You can right. make it, you can make it anything you want it to be. Yeah. And those who believe uh, that, that, you know, revelation is continuing at least logically they're, they're down that street, you know, I mean, that's where the Roman Catholic church is. And that's, you know, frankly, where some of our, modern churches are as well, uh, especially in the charismatic movement where they're looking for con con God to constantly give them some new information. And so all that's kind of leaning in the same direction and uh, has, there's some real pitfalls. Uh, another approach to the scripture is to consider everything allegory. And certainly there are allegories in the scripture, but um you know, we get to learn from the book of Joshua about who God is and what he was doing in Joshua's life uh, as real historical truth. Um, you know, a literal step in the process of the development of the story of redemption and so forth. And there are allegories there. I think Joshua definitely represents Christ. There's no reason not to get into that. But we, I think it's important that we don't jump from the plain sense of Scripture you know, jump over that into let's find allegory everywhere. Um, so that perspective can be problematic too. Yeah. One of the other things we discuss is whether scripture can have two different meanings because uh, that's frequently looked at. And um, I don't think it can. I think scripture has one meaning. Um, it can have many applications. Um, but I think it meant a certain thing it was written to. You know, it was written to people in a particular time and a particular place, and it meant a certain thing to them. I think oftentimes we feel like we can read into something, create, you know, like, well, it meant this, but it also meant this, and it meant this, and they, they create like, you know, oh, well, it has five levels of meaning. I don't think it does. I think it just meant what it meant, and there's principle we learn from it. There's many principles sometimes in a passage, meaning, meaning. Um, and it's the same thing as allegory. You can start to like, uh, make things into, to mean something don't really like, or somebody represents somebody and they'll be, they'll take a story, like even a parable, for example, and they'll overanalyze the parable, you know, they'll take a parable and then try to put meaning to every little detail in a parable, but parables weren't meant to be that detailed. That's not the, the genre that is a parable. And so we have to go back and we have to understand 
what is the genre that it was written in? You know, what is, what is the literary techniques that were used and what is expected by the reader to understand that? Yeah. So often people read the Bible today, they don't understand any literary techniques that were used. It's some of them are foreign to our normal everyday type of reading that we do today. And then they completely misunderstand what's being said or they, you know, they try to misapply, I think. Studying the Bible, you have to spend a little bit of time to get some basic understandings. You can't just um, think that you can read it and um, have no idea what was going on at the time um, and think you're going to get a full understanding of what the the text says. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, um, I guess you would say, harass uh, commentators, uh, and I was quoting from you know, people that I had followed and, you know, I used to quote, I don't remember who it was, but some, some old preacher who said, uh, commentators are like sheep. Uh, they all go astray and they follow each other. And there's some truth right. to that, but as the years have gone by, I've recognized the extreme value of the good commentators who have done the, who, who are Bible believers and who have done the research to figure out exactly uh, some of the writing styles of these old guys and the context, the cultural context and those kinds of things. And yeah, it really can uh, help to clarify some of the things that, uh, that we study. Um, I, I was asked a question along these lines by my son this week. He said, can the Bible ever mean anything to us today that it didn't mean to the guy who wrote it? And uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a loaded question. I would tend to say no, but then I found some examples where actually, yes, but it doesn't mean something that the spirit did not intend originally. So out of it, out of Egypt, have I called my son, for example, uh, Hosea or whoever it was that said that, um, you know, I don't believe he knew that he was prophesying that baby Jesus would be chased down into Egypt. Uh, he was actually talking about Israel being called out of Egypt. Yeah, I mean, maybe when it comes to some prophecy that they couldn't yeah. fully understand at the time. But I think generally speaking, you know, when you're interpreting a passage, you have to say, if you're nation, that it never could have meant that to the people time, you probably need to reexamine your interpretation because yeah. it was written. Now, prophecy is written to future people uh, yeah. at, at, at to an extent. So that is, that has a, some, different. some little, little bit of difference, but for the most part, like if you read a letter that was written to say the Corinthians and that Paul wrote to a specific group of believers, and then you come up and say, yeah, but to me, it means this. I know it didn't mean that to the Corinthians. Well, that can't be the right interpretation because then you can just make, again, make the mean. So we look at that's the first thing in the process that we actually do is what did it mean to the original audience? Um, so you start with that. You look at the context, the historical context, all of the things um, that go into that, figure out what did it mean to them. And then they have a, a process called crossing the principalizing bridge. In other words, what is the, um, what is the principle that applies both us and applied to them? right that that's the bridge that you create um there you know how does it apply to us today but so that that's the process it's pretty simple mm -hmm. if you 
if you listen to some people teach, they don't use this process at all. <laughs> mm. They just jump right to, well, this is what it means to me today. Mm. And they, they ignore what it meant to the original people. And sometimes you get a lot of, a lot of bad teaching that comes from that. Yeah. yeah a lot of bad orthodoxy, a lot, a lot of bad orthopraxy for those who care about those words. <laughs> Uh, I think the the one the example of that that comes to my mind most often when I get into these kind of discussions is the passage that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know. And yeah, that's that's one of our examples in the book. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've seen it so many times. You know, it's some football player mm -hmm. right before the game, and uh, <laughs> you're not as good as this team. Can you win this game? And he's like, Oh, I can do all things right. through Christ who strengthens me. He's that's like, right. I'm not sure that's what Paul was talking about. <laughs> right. That's the that's the example they have in the book actually. It's a boxer who comes out right. in the boxing match and on his trunks it says, I can do all things. Right. You know, and it's uh it's like, so you're gonna win this boxing match, I guess. No, that's <laughs> not quite what uh the passages teach. <laughs> not not everyone can be an astronaut just because <laughs> you can do all things through Christ. Right. <laughs> oh me. Well, Patrick, for uh, for our first episode that we didn't have a script for, I think we did all right. <laughs> mm -hmm. We managed to talk for an hour, so. Yeah, they'll listen or not, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Danny will. Danny will listen to every word. I, can, I got faith in him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's just because he likes us. <laughs> that's right. He, he's our friend. That's right. He's our friend. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. All right, man. Well, I tell you what, um, I meant to pray at the beginning of this episode, but, uh, why don't I pray here at the end and, um, uh, and we'll call this a wrap. We'll pray for God's blessing upon us throughout this year and our ministries and, um, the people that God has graciously given us to influence. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for another year. Um, thank you for, calling us into the ministry, giving us the privilege of being your messengers, declaring the gospel and um, helping those who believe the gospel to grow in grace. Um, I certainly don't take this privilege for granted. I know Patrick doesn't either. So bless us, bless our families, bless our ministries, uh, Omega Church, Grace Baptist Church, and uh, all the different network connections that you have created. I pray that you would bless Brian and Gary as they come out and try to be a, a help there in the Gambia and um, help Jason as he uh, leans forward into what you called him into there in Federalsburg. Um, we just ask that you would be patient with us and gracious to us continually, but uh, help us to grow and to develop and to mature and to be holy people who love you and serve you in faith uh, consistently for your glory. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, my wife pointed out to me uh, during the recording of this, because for our listeners, she's our studio audience almost every time. We love having her along. But she reminded me that I forgot something that happened in 2023. Uh, I had my first grandson, so... We welcome Jace into the world. So it's only January. There's time for me to have another grandkid this year. So who knows? 
<laughs> a lot can happen in nine months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Your day's coming. How old's your oldest? 16. Ah! Yikes. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, give uh give our love and greetings to your family. We we certainly miss them. I do get to read uh some of the spiritual journeyings of your wife. She and I share uh some uh devotions with some other folks and so when we read that on you version, we get to read each other's thoughts. So I haven't completely lost track of what's going on there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're planning on using that this year more extensively in our church, like each week having a, Hey, here's a devotion seven day reading for this week. Everybody join in and, and let's do this together. And some of the groups have been, you know, as large as 30 so far, just in our experimental stage. So, um, Kind of cool. It'd probably be better if that was done in small groups. You know, if you did it with your grace group, probably be more healthy and functional, but we're learning. Yeah. It's a good discipline, good app. All right. Well, I guess that about does it. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Pray for God's blessings on you, your family, and your ministries continually. As always, to our listeners, no matter what platform you're listening to this podcast on, be sure to let others know about it. And listen to other episodes as well. As I said, this is our fifth season, so there's lots of episodes for you to go back and listen to. Like, share, subscribe, comment, review, etc. And that will help us with organic growth in the podcast. God bless you all and hope you'll listen again next time.